Howdy, Jets fans. Hope your uh, holiday break has been wonderful for those of you who, cel who celebrate. I hope that you've had some time to rest. Obviously, maybe not the most relaxing time for a lot of you since you've maybe got a lot of family stuff, maybe some home chores to take care of. But, you know, the Jets are certainly trying to rest up after what has been a rather, well, roller coaster last few weeks for the team. We'll talk about what happened on their road trip to Boston and D.C. and what lies ahead for the Jets on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey friends, and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and of course, YouTube. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, uh, we're going to run through some takeaways from the past couple of games last week. Obviously, it's been a few days off for the Jets. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you could use a little, a little bit of a break from the hockey schedule, and I'm sure Winnipeg certainly did not mind having the weekend off. It's been, well, frankly, a pretty brutal last few weeks for the Jets. Not because that they've you know they've performed poorly or anything, more like health wise, it's been uh, a, a constant siege of injuries. You know the complete like right wing side is basically decimated down to you know Sam Gagne and whoever else they can deputize uh, either through call ups or from even waiver claims trying to fill in and, and obviously pick up top six spots here and there. It's uh, it's not a great situation on that right side. The left side also a little bit thin after Perfetti's injury. Uh, we still haven't really heard word if Perfetti is going to be back. I don't think he's going to be out for tonight's game against the Minnesota Wild, but it is something to keep an eye on. So, yeah, um, as far as the Jets are concerned, it's been uh, a rough past few weeks, but somehow Winnipeg has really prevailed and, and managed to get you know a pretty good you know uh, solid hold on that second spot in the central division so as long as they can keep it going that's great now unfortunately you know the expectation of what we had out of uh, the road trip to Boston and DC last week was zero points and that is what Winnipeg ultimately came away with and it wasn't for lack of trying i mean the jets uh, especially in the first game against the bruins i think made made a pretty good account of themselves. I thought the first game, uh, especially with the first half of the game against the Bruins, Winnipeg really showed off and was pretty impressive. They took a, an early 2 nothing lead. They had some really great shifts. At times, they basically stifled Boston. I think what's happened with Winnipeg um, and what people have pointed out before is that this team is built to get an early lead and then try and sit on it and hold it for as long as humanly possible, which means you know, Winnipeg's stamina over the course of the game, their ability to uh, shut down opposing offenses, all of that eventually starts to dry out. And as the Jets are, are essentially facing score effects where the opposing team is desperately pushing to come back, the Jets don't really defend leads all that well. I mean, we've seen 
a number of games where they've managed to hold on, but it was probably a little bit closer than the team would like. You know, thanks to Hellebuck being Hellebuck, uh, it wasn't, you know, a, a situation where the Jets ended up conceding and losing. But, you know, anytime your opponents chase the game, they will throw everything at you. And in this game, when the Bruins turned it up, Winnipeg just really struggled to find an answer. You know, I, I can't really be upset with the scoreline. I mean, I think it's pretty reflective of just how well the Bruins played. We saw them hit back on counters. We saw them be physically aggressive. Now, I will say, you know, the one thing that often comes up on Twitter and you see on social media, people complaining about, you know, the lack of interference calls. And I think for a team like the Bruins, for the Stars, at times the Blues as well, uh, the the lack of enforcement of interference allows them to play a style uh, that's a little bit different than what you would really want to see um, in a game that's really focusing on speed. The Jets kind of benefited from this against that series uh, with the uh, the Oilers and McDavid when the Jets swept them. You know, Winnipeg definitely interfered with McDavid uh, and a number of Oilers skaters on a number of occasions. But thanks to, you know, the the officiating maybe being a little bit lax on that side of things, the Jets got away with it. But more often than not, that stuff kind of hits, you know, really hard for the Jets and ends up biting them. So, yeah, against uh, the Bruins, who were kind of, you know, setting picks and being really physical and pushing the pace a lot in, in a lot of a lot of really good passes, um, some smart counters and some really smart plays. It just put the Jets in a position where, unfortunately, the lack of depth really showed. This was a game that desperately needed a dose of Ailers, and uh, well, anyone on the right side who can score. After the Jets had that two nothing lead, thanks to Harkins and Shifley, the Jets just really struggled to find any sort of transition game. Um, you could see that after that first period or so, the Bruins started waking up, started you know feeding off of turnovers, and ultimately the Jets just kind of fell apart. And again, I can't really complain about the effort. I mean, everything the Jets did, I you know I completely understood, and it made a lot of sense. I think the Jets should be proud of themselves for how well they played on the road against the best team in the NHL, and I think that they got really close, probably closer than anyone expected, uh, to coming away with a point. But you know, this Bruins team, they've lost very, very, very few games. Uh, I think you can actually count the regulation losses on one hand, something like that, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. So, yeah, this Bruins team, almost unbeatable, and it's not shocking that the Jets ended up falling short of the mark. And I think it shows just how imperative it is for the Jets after the roster freeze ends, which I think expires on Wednesday, I want to say. Uh, Winnipeg really needs to go shopping for a top six forward. I think that has been made very clear. Um, I'm not sure if the office is is planning to do anything, but if Winnipeg and uh, the the GM situation, if they're kind of observing this and seeing how tired the Jets are, I think it'd be a really good time. Uh, even with you know the the lack of cap accrual uh, towards the trade deadline, I think the Jets are going to have to just sort of bite the bullet and try and, and pick up somebody now because the team honestly is just falling uh, falling apart a little bit. Uh, they're, they're they're tired, they're exhausted. Even with this three day break, I don't know that it's going to be enough to try and stave off um, the pressure and, and the fatigue from all of the injuries that this team is dealing with. Plus, on top of that, guys are still sick. I mean, you heard Dubois last week in one of the intermissions. He sounded like he was going to pass out. So if the Jets could really do some shopping and help the team out, I think that'd be great. The front office should really be shopping for uh, some middle six or top six help. And I think that there are some players who probably will end up being featured in at least one of these trades. But before we talk about any of that or 
the game in DC. That was a little bit of a painful pill to swallow. I don't want to shout out one of our friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, including the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Whether you're into pro football or college bowl season, maybe basketball on the pro or NCAA circuits, or anything else, including uh, obviously international soccer, We've got European football, uh, German or um, Asian football. They've got just about every league covered, even automotive sports like F1, IndyCar, NASCAR. They've also got horse racing, you know, when the Triple Crown is around. So obviously, no matter what sport you're into, BetOnline has your back. But if you want to take a step back from sports, they've also got Vegas casino games because they know that your life may not always revolve around sports. But if it does... They've also got wonderful sports podcasts and news articles that you'll love featuring great analysis from their talented host of writers. So if you're ready to get your betting fix on, be sure to log on to betonline.net right now on your laptop or mobile device to register for a free account because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We're just recapping what happened in Boston, and we're about to dive into what happened in D.C. from last week. Obviously not the best pair of back-to-back games for the Jets, but you really can't be upset about the scorelines. It is what it is. Before we dive into the D.C. game um, and some uh, unfortunate milestone history for the Washington Capitals, I do want to recommend that you make your second listen of the day Locked on Sports Today. It features the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. It features instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked on's famous take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now, checking in on the game against uh, the Cavs, obviously the Jets, well, Anytime they play DC, it's it's never a fun time, right? Uh, the, the Caps just seemingly have Winnipeg's number every year, and it's really frustrating because as somebody who lives around DC, it'd be nice to see the Jets take a nice victory on away soil, but we all know how this Caps team is. We know how Winnipeg plays against them, and uh, unfortunately for the first couple of periods, you know, the Jets struggle to really get going. Now, it wasn't for lack of trying. I think the Jets actually did create a couple of really good, really dangerous chances, but it wasn't until, I would say, the second half and into the third period where we really saw Winnipeg kind of wake up and, and start to find their skating legs. But at this point, you know, Washington was up maybe 2 nothing, 3 nothing. Uh, Ovechkin had his, you know, first 801st goal, and then at the end of the game, of course, he got his 802nd uh, on an empty net, but it is a little bit frustrating to see the Jets, you know, unfortunately be at the wrong end of yet another milestone goal, uh, or actually a pair of them in this case, passing Gordy Howe and then, of course, uh, you know, tying his record as well, all in the same evening. So the Jets are certainly featuring in his chase for Gretzky's record, you know, one way or another. It's it's not really what anyone was hoping for for Winnipeg in this performance, but, you know, the Jets are gassed. They were tired. And here they are in D.C. against a, a Caps team that has seemingly been on a bit of a warpath. They're resurgent, and the Jets are basically just limping along into the Christmas break. So, you know, the, the 4-1 loss, I mean, it is what it is. After the Bruins game, I was expecting a loss anyways. Uh, I, I, you know, said into the weekend, as long as the Jets put on, a, you know, a, a really good effort and showed us um, some real nice fight, if they even scratched out a single point, I would have been amazed. Uh, and it, again, it's not because I think that the, the Jets have played poorly or anything. It's more like 
you know, the, the, the depth of these teams on the Eastern Conference is just pretty tremendous. Even this Caps team on the road, you know, it, it was a tough draw. And Winnipeg just really, you know, struggled to find a way to get it done. But finally, they have had a few days off. I'm hoping that some of the team has managed to get a little bit healthier. Hellebuck, um, despite being sick last week, looked pretty sharp in the game against the Bruins. Riddick did his best at the game against the Caps, but he'll probably not be super happy with some of the goals that he conceded. Not much you can do, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, after a string of really good starts, I was kind of hoping for a better evening from him. He did his best, though, had a couple of really big stops. But ultimately, you know, this this was a road trip that I think the Jets probably would have appreciated just doing without. If they could forfeit both games and just take the few extra days to get healthy, maybe they would have. Obviously, you know, no one would ever admit to that or or anyone on the Jets, I'm sure, would hate to even think about that. But honestly, I think this team just really needs the extra rest and health, if not even to repair some of the broken bones and stuff, just to stop being sick. I mean... Winnipeg just looks like it's been out of gas. Um, and it is, it's kind of making me wonder how the Jets are going to go forward here. Uh, you know, as as Wheeler, Ehlers, um, Perfetti, and a number of the other guys are still injured out, you know, whether they're coming back this week or in a few weeks, it's going to be really hard for Winnipeg to find offense outside of that top six. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how the Jets are going to manage. I mean, it's been uh, a bit of a, a tightrope affair, but, you know, the schedule's not getting easier. And of course, Winnipeg has to play Minnesota starting tonight, which the Wild have won a number of games recently and look a lot stronger than they did at the start of the season. You know, they've got the Oilers and Flames, uh, Tampa Bay, Vancouver. So, you know, some softer opponents here and there, but also some pretty difficult teams to, to contend with. And I think with how the Jets are trending, you know, a little more rest and a few reinforcements wouldn't be uh, unappreciated. So, in a little bit, we'll kind of think about how the Jets can kind of navigate around this. But before we go any further, I did think it was worth uh, just spotlighting the performance of Vili Heinola recently, who I think in my mind has has started to maybe change some hearts and minds within the fan base. I know a lot of Jets fans felt that he was small and, you know, struggling a bit. Ever since coming back to the team, though, I felt like defensively he's really turned his game around. Uh, he's engaging guys in front of, in front of the net a lot more effectively I feel like he's used really good body positioning, and I, I think a lot of that has maybe suggested that a player on the right side might be a little more redundant. And unfortunately, I think we all know who I'm referring to in terms of the right side of the defense, and it's it's not Nate Schmidt. But we'll talk about what the Jets might be able to accomplish if they make a trade from their defense core in just a little bit and how it could shape the rest of the season for Winnipeg. Hey, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We're just wrapping up really quickly with some thoughts uh, on on how the Jets can try and, I would say, adjust course this season, not because the, the season is currently on a trajectory for anything bad, but more so to help Winnipeg start to become really playoff competitive and playoff ready. And I think the biggest need right now is obviously a top six forward, probably two of them at this rate with how many players the Jets continually lose to injury. Uh, obviously, you know, Vancouver probably makes the most sense, but a lot of teams, maybe the Sens and some others, would be interested in looking at Winnipeg's defense. It sounds like Ottawa over the past like month or so has really been scouting the Jets heavily, which makes me wonder who exactly they're targeting. Uh, for me, though, the, the player that I, I kind of wonder about the long-term future with is Neil Pionk. Um, Pionk, for me, is a really tough one because 
on a personal level, I really like him. And I think that he's been a great voice in the room, somebody who's always been really stand up and accountable. But in terms of his on ice performance the past few years, aside from the North Division season, it's been kind of a, a, a wreck, right? You know, whatever strong performance he had at that year, it hasn't really transitioned to any of these other seasons. And Pionk has kind of been playing at the Rangers level for some time now. So, you know, he still has a lot of value because he's a really high scoring defender and he does play on the right side. And when you watch him, he's actually pretty fun. He's, you know, offensively gifted. You can kind of see where his mind is and what he wants to do. But it's kind of that chaoticness um, and, and the defensive struggles and lapses that have really torpedoed his value in terms of what he can offer the Jets. And I don't know if another team can turn his season around and his career around, but, you know, certainly with Winnipeg, it's not happening. And I think what we've seen with Dylan and Heinola being so good together and how just about everyone away from Pionk has managed to improve pretty significantly, it, it suggests that, unfortunately, Neil is dragging his his partners down. And I hate saying it, but it is kind of the reality. And I think Pionk himself has been frustrated. You can tell that he knows what he wants to do, and he just recognizes the danger a little bit too late. He doesn't see some of those passing lanes. He doesn't have the right gapping, and unfortunately, he gets caught out of position. He coughs the puck up, and it ends up in the back of the net. So it's been a really tough year for him, and I, I think that on another team, he might find a, you know a level of success where it doesn't require him to constantly defend all the time, like how the Jets do when they have a lead. So maybe, you know, if he goes to Vancouver or Ottawa or one of these other teams, that's where you could see him start to blossom. In terms of how the Jets would try and deal with his, his contract removal, I would imagine, you know, Winnipeg might be looking for futures. I would hope that they would be able to maybe acquire a forward this way. It doesn't have to be like an elite first line or second line scorer, but somebody to help offset that and also bring in some futures. If you got like a first round pick or something and maybe like a middle six forward, say um, in this case, like Matthew Joseph or something from uh, the Sens, I think that would be a reasonable return. Uh, probably not actually going to happen though, because I would imagine that Ottawa has probably seen Pionk struggles and maybe they don't feel that he's actually worth that. But if, if they were to give up something of that sort of caliber for the trade package, I'd certainly be interested in it. Uh, Joseph has a couple of years left on his deal, but he's at a very reasonable sub-3 million cap hit, which I think the Jets would really appreciate. And, you know, obviously the in, the Sens are, are looking for uh, a really solid top-four defender. And I think in their case, because he's a high-scoring guy and can really push the pace, he might fit what they need. I don't 100% know if that would actually work out that way. Um but the Sens are not really a team that defends, you know, strongly anyways, certainly not this year. So uh, I'd be curious to know what that kind of fit would look like. I'm hoping that it's not DeMello because I think Dylan for us has been a tremendous force and certainly one of the real stabilizing defenders on this team. It would be a shame to see him go back to Ottawa or anywhere else, really, uh, as, as he's been a really versatile two-way defender for this team and kind of a stalwart on the back end, you know. It's rare when he has bad games, and so they actually stand out a lot because when he struggles, you know, usually it's a sign that the rest of the defense is probably not having the best of days either. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I think for the Jets, 
whatever they do with Pionk is going to reshape how both the future of the blue line looks and how their middle six or top six looks, because most likely the Jets might be looking at bringing in a forward in the return. But, you know, I don't know how Winnipeg will manage it. I think it would be great if the Jets could upgrade the scoring output of this team. Winnipeg is really close, you know, at full strength. It's close to being uh, a, a fun contender, but they just need one to two more pieces to really push them over the edge. And uh, all of this keeping in mind that when Ehlers returns, he might not be the same player that he was when he left. So, you know, the Jets need to set up some insurance policies and also give themselves some options once the postseason rolls around. Because I think this Western Conference is weaker than it's been in some time. I think the road to the Cup is really wide open for the Jets. And if ever there was a year to really go all in and push it, this is probably the season for Winnipeg to get funky. So let me know what you think about this. Let me know if you think the Jets should go all in and cash some chips in, or if you think it's a little too soon for Winnipeg to really be trying for the summit and pushing to to the top. Drop your feelings and thoughts in the comments below, and I might address it on a future episode. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the world of sports in 20 minutes or less. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today is available on YouTube and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And as always, it is free to subscribe, so do so right now. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!